Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. The fact that God puts this this view of heaven in chapters 4 and 5 before the great tribulation on the earth begins is really wonderful because it's it's sort of like a pause uh, in the activity and, and the Lord gets our eyes off of the things of the earth because up until this point, Jesus has been writing letters to physical churches on the earth. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio with Pastor Rob Kellogg. Today, Pastor Rob begins our study in chapter 4 of the book of Revelation. In the description of heavenly things, John uses symbols. However, not everything is symbolic. Just like in the parables Jesus uses, many of the details are merely descriptive, and they aren't necessarily intended to carry a special significance of their own. Also, we should keep in mind the nature of symbolism. The symbol is always less than the reality. The reality of heaven is even greater than the description that we have. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. Let's open our Bibles now to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4 this morning. If you recall, the last several weeks we've been looking at uh, the churches of Revelation. These churches, you know, uh, Ephesus and uh, Smyrna and Thyatira, Pergamos and Philadelphia, these seven churches that Jesus had dictated letters to John to give to these different churches and also for those churches to read them to one another so that every every letter to every specific church was also meant to be read by the other churches as well. In the last several weeks, we've been looking at those seven churches, and that really comprised chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation. And if you recall, these churches also, uh, not only were they physical local churches in Asia Minor in the first century, After Jesus had died on the cross, after he was resurrected, after he ascended into heaven, uh, we know that these churches were there at that time, and, and they grew in these different cities in Asia Minor as the gospel was being spread. And Jesus had something very specific to say to each one of these seven churches Uh, Things that were uh, commendations and also rebukes, things they weren't doing well. And every one of us who is online today and everyone else in the church, uh, we can look at these things and and all these seven letters, we can look at them and and, and one of these things or several perhaps really 
uh, are meaningful to us because if we're honest with ourselves, there's going to be areas that we're going to look at, you know, in these letters that we have looked at that uh, pertain to us, that pertain to me. And it's meant to do that. But it's also uh, the Lord, I believe, wrote these churches, wrote to these churches in a specific order, and He chose these specific churches as also exemplifying or being examples of the church throughout the church age. Now remember, the church age began at Pentecost uh, on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church and uh, poured out upon the Jews, actually, in Jerusalem and and many who had come from different areas. And so the church really began and the first members of the church were Jewish. And so from that moment, the church was born And until the rapture of the church, which is yet future to us, hopefully today, (laughs) um, that period of time is known as the church age. And that's really what these two letters comprise is the church age. And each one of these churches really speaks pretty uh, interestingly to different periods in church history all the way up to the return of Jesus to, to rapture the church. And so that's what we've been looking at for the last couple of weeks. And then um, we finally get into uh, chapter 4. And so let's go ahead and read chapter 4. We're probably only going to go through the first verse today. And that may sound like a, a funny thing, but there is so much in these two chapters. And especially as we begin chapter 4, there is a doctrine that we need to discuss because it's the very next thing on the prophetic calendar, and that is the rapture of the church itself. And so let's go ahead and read chapter 4, and then we're going to go back and look at it. And and again, uh, just so we have the context, let's just read the entire chapter. It's only 11 verses. So John writes, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne, in appearance like an emerald, and around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and on the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. And seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first creature was like a lion, the second creature like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. 
whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall, fall down before him who sits on the throne, and they worship him who lives forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and you will, and by your will they exist and were created. They were created. What a wonderful scene that we have here of the throne room of God and these living creatures. You know, there's something about these two chapters, specifically chapter 4 and chapter 5, that are really wonderful because they really, it really speaks of worship uh, in heaven. And it's kind of interesting the way um, uh, that the book of Revelation is is laid out, and we're going to get to that shortly, but the fact that God puts this, this view of heaven in chapters 4 and 5 before the great tribulation on the earth begins is really wonderful because it's, it's sort of like a pause uh, in the activity and, and the Lord gets our eyes off of the things of the earth because up until this point, Jesus has been writing letters to physical churches on the earth. And when we begin at chapter 4, and I'll explain this as we go, that this is really where the church is raptured. And I'll explain that, and it'll be very clear to you before we're done today, at least I hope. And so this is where the church is is raptured, and then the church is taken up, and uh, now the whole perspective of everything changes from the earth, now it's in glory, it's in heaven, where the throne room of God is. And then we're going to see, uh, and, and that's really chapters 4 and 5, and in chapter 5 we're going to see Jesus uh, being given, He was the only one worthy to open a scroll that God the Father had on the throne. And as Jesus takes each one of these, this, the seven seals on this scroll, as he begins to unravel these things, judgments are going to take place on the earth. And these are judgments that are going to take place very literally, and they're going to happen exactly as the Bible has said. And it is yet future to us, folks. You have to understand that because if we look at everything that's going around in our world today, there is something going on. And if, you're, if you've even got blood growing through your, going through your veins and you're breathing, you understand that things are ramping up. Things are changing very rapidly. In fact, Jesus spoke of this in, his, in the Gospel of Matthew Matthew 24, Jesus said that as we approach the end, that there will be hallmarks, things that are going to happen that are going to be very obvious. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be pestilence. There's going to be famine. And certainly we're seeing the pestilence. It's always been there. We've seen Ebola. Now we have this thing. And what's going to be next? We don't know. But he said there's going to be earthquakes in diverse places. And they're going to increase with frequency like a woman who is going through childbirth. And any woman who has gone through childbirth, I witnessed it with my own wife, is that it starts off very slow. And as she gets close to giving birth, those contractions, those pains, those spasms, they get more intense and they get more frequent and until the baby is born. 
until the baby is born. And we are seeing that, folks, before us. If, you, if you're honest and you look at things, you can see how things are graduating. They're graduating, and pretty soon the Lord is going to return for the church. And there are a lot of scoffers who say, this is a bunch of nonsense. Well, they can think what they want, because guess what? My opinion is, is based on the Word of God. My opinion is based on what Jesus said. And what is their opinion? What is your opinion? Is your opinion based on what you feel? Maybe what you've read in an article on the New York Times or, or some magazine? All of that means nothing. It means nothing. You can bet your life on this book because this book is the only one. In fact, in the Psalms it says, the Lord speaking, he says, I have placed my word above all of my name. That means everything in here, God has placed this above all of his name. Do you have confidence in this? Can you have confidence in the word of God? I think you can if he said that. If he said that, we could bet our whole life on it. And you know what? There are many people in history who have given their life for the word of God. Because they know what is true. And when the, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and He comes in you and you're a true Christian, all of these things become so obvious. I don't know about you, but as I look around in the world that we're living in today, there are so many things that are screaming the things that Jesus had spoken of. We are literally living at the end. We don't know the day or the hour when Jesus will return for the church, but rest assured, He is going to return for the church. And then what, what happens at that point is in chapter 6, as he begins to open these scrolls, these judgments are going to come out upon the earth, and the man of sin is going to be revealed, who we know as the Antichrist, which we're going to be getting into as we get further into the book of Revelation. But rest assured that these things are coming. They're coming, folks. And where is your heart? Where is your mind? Where is your life? What is it wrapped up in? I would encourage you to get your focus on Jesus Christ. Get your eyes and your heart focused on the Word of God. Learn everything you can and read the Bible. Read the Bible. There's nothing else that we have that is more trustworthy. Everything else is fake news, but this is not fake news. This is true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he said, and no one comes unto the Father except through me, he said. Okay, so this is important for us. And for us to be in the book of Revelation at this time in history is so wonderful because because we are at the end, it's kind of interesting how we just happen to land. As you know, we, we, we go systematically through the Bible. We started in the book of James when I uh, two years ago nearly, uh, when I first started uh, two years ago. We started in the book of James, and we're also starting in the Old Testament. And so we've been going through the Old and the New Testament systematically, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. And now we land on the book of Revelation here in the midst of all of this turmoil and the things that are happening. Believe me, the things that are happening now are prophetic. They're getting closer and closer. Read Matthew chapter 24 because it speaks about Jesus' second coming and the events leading up to the second coming physically on the earth. And let me just say this, there is a difference. Don't be fooled by what the rapture of the church and the second coming of Jesus. They're two separate events. One is Jesus uh, coming to the, and meeting us in the clouds, and we are raptured up to Him. But seven years later, we know Jesus is coming back to the earth after the rapture occurs. And everything that happens in that seven-year period is what we're going to be reading about in Revelation 6 through 19. It speaks specifically of all hell breaking out on earth as God judges the earth for their lack of 
uh, of their spurning his only means of salvation and the man of sin coming upon the earth. And God is going to judge an unbelieving world that has rejected Jesus Christ. Yes, he's going to punish and judge a world that has rejected his son. And so I want to be found knowing his son. And I know him and I pray that you do too. Because God is a loving God and anyone is able to come to Him. But you've got to come to Him on His terms. And they're not grievous. They're easy terms. All we have to do is believe in what He did. He did all the work. All we had to do is, is believe. He's done all of that for us. So we don't, all we have to do is believe. I think that's a pretty good thing for us, right? And so the opportunity is there for us. And, and again, I've I, I got to ask you, what, what, what are you going to choose? What are you going to, what, how are you going to choose? Who are you going to choose? Is there anybody worthy? <laughs> There's only one who was worthy, Jesus Christ. And you know what? His love for you is beyond imagining. His love for you is so great, folks. And there are some of you that are online today. I don't know who you are, but there are some of you I know that are still struggling with this relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage you today, make that decision. It's, just be, it's between you and Him. It has nothing to do with your involvement with Calvary Chapel. This is about you and God. And wherever you go to church after that is, is your business, um, no matter where you're at in the country, no matter where you're at in the world. It's up to you. But you know what? Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. He, he cannot change. But He loves you and me and He paid the price for you and I. He's the only one who could. And he did that. And so, after reading this chapter in chapter 4, we see this scene in heaven. And again, the events on the earth are taking a pause. The, the church age, as far as the book of Revelation is concerned, is the church age is over and the church has been raptured. That's what happens at the end of chapter 3 and the beginning of chapter 4. The church is removed from the earth and we know that because the, 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 the way the book of Revelation is laid out is in that fashion. And we're going to get to that. Let's look at, go back to the very first verse and take a look at some things. Notice the, the very title of the message this morning was, After These Things. And I titled that because of the very first three words that we have in this, uh, in this chapter. It says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Now, after these things is a very interesting phrase. Uh, These two words in the Greek literally are meta-tauta, meaning after is meta, these things, or this thing, tauta is the word. So meta-tauta, these two words together, these two words together. And so you may be thinking to yourself, well, why is this really a big deal? Well, turn with me back to chapter 1 again, because back in chapter 1 and verse 19, we have the outline of the book of Revelation. Just like a table of contents of a book, Jesus is no different. Those who say the book of Revelation can't be understood, yes, there's a lot of things that we don't understand yet, because when we get into the Revelation 6 through 19, we're going to be talking about things that we, we can't quite understand yet, but they're nonetheless there. But notice, in the table of contents, and it's written for us in verse 19. What does it say in verse 19? We read this when we first started. Jesus, speaking to John, he says, Write the things which you have seen, notice the first thing, and the things which are, which are the second thing, and the things which will take place after this. After this. Now, the things which you have seen, so we have three different sections to the book of Revelation. The first section is the things which you have seen, and John recorded that for us, and it was basically 
and unveiling of Jesus and his glory. And we see that in the first chapter in verses really 12 down through 18, roughly. We see Jesus in his glorified state. So he did. He wrote that. That was the first section. And the second section of the, of the book is write the things which are. And the things which are are chapters 2 and 3, which comprises the church age from, uh, from Ephesus to the, La- the church of Laodicea, the lukewarm church. And so, and then notice what he says. And also write the things, look at verse 19 there in chapter 1. It says, and write the things which take place after this. That phrase after this is meta tauta, the same two Greek words that occurred. And so when he gives us this in chapter, or in verse 19, excuse me, the, the very next time that it occurs in the book of Revelation is right here at the beginning of chapter 4. So now we are going to see the things which will take place after this. What after this? What is he talking about? After the church age. Because we just discussed the church age. We discussed uh, chapters 2 and 3 where it talked about these seven churches that comprise the church age. And so these are literally the, 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 the next two words. Because remember... For those of you who may be new to this, uh, the Bible was, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek. And so, if you were to have the Greek scriptures, the, the New Testament in Greek, if you were to have the, the book of Revelation in Greek laid before you, that's exactly what you would read. You would see metatauta. And you would see that in verse 19 of chapter 1. And you'd also see the very next time it happens here. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a divine outline, if you will. So, with this, uh, or these, after these things, after these things. In fact, one of the interesting things about this book that we have before us is the word for church in the Greek is ecclesia. And that just means called out ones. And the last time we see the church at all is in Revelation chapter 3, verse 22. It was the very last church that we talked about last week, the church of Laodicea. And remember, it says, He who has an ear, Revelation three twenty-two. it says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, or the ecclesia in the, in the Greek. And the very next time we hear of the church at all, it's at the very end of the book of Revelation. Very end of the book. In fact, it's in Revelation 22, verse 16, where it says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches, in the ecclesia. He says, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star. And so now in chapter 4, the vantage point again is no longer with the church on earth, but it is in heaven where Jesus and the raptured church is, where things are eternal and there's no corruption. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Notice that wherever Jesus is in the book of Revelation, that is where the church is as well. And turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 14, because as we look at this uh, doctrine of the rapture, which is one of the most significant doctrines in the Bible, and the one that chapter 4 clearly talks about, and we'll, we'll look at this, after these things, after the church is open, because as it says there in verse 1, a door is going to be opened, and the voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, who is Jesus Christ himself, saying, come up here. And I will show you things which must take place, meta tauta, after this. 
So it's the church. And John, being a representative of the church, because he is part of the church, he is taken up in, in a vision, if you will, and God showing him things that are yet to come. And he wrote them there, why? For our benefit, so that we would understand what's coming, the bigger picture. And, and I don't know about you, but I like the bigger picture. The, the things that happen day to day, I can't know, and only God knows those things. But he is wonderful in the fact that he gives us the bigger picture. And that settles my heart. Doesn't it settle yours too? Even though it's difficult enough as it is, but he gives us these things. Notice what he said to his disciples. Because remember where Jesus is in the book of Revelation. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcasts. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.